Welcome to Shared Lunch, brought to you by Sharesies with Business Desk. My name is Helen Matteson, and today we have a shorter episode that looks at company earnings season, which we're right in the middle of. I'll be joined by Sharesies co-founder and co-CEO Leighton Roberts for that chat. Before we get started, here's some important information. Investing involves risk. You might lose the money you start with. We recommend talking to a licensed financial advisor. We also recommend reading product disclosure documents before deciding to invest. Everything you're about to see and hear is current at the time of recording. Hi there, Leighton. Kia ora, Helen. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Good. Busy times. It is. Yes. So maybe if we start with what earnings season is, it depends where you are in the world. In the US, for example, it comes around four times a year. That's just on the end of every quarter. And in New Zealand, Australia, it's more often it's it's twice a year. Perhaps if we look at, firstly, what are earnings and, and why are they significant? Yeah, so the earnings season or the reporting season, uh, as you touch on, four times a year uh, in the US for, for public companies, that's regulated. So, so they have certain number of days where uh, after the end of the quarter, they need to release uh, their, their results or... Um, their earnings to the market and why that's important is uh, is it's one of the few times in the market where almost everyone has the same information at the same time the news the media the analysts the investors the shareholders all the other stakeholders uh, and and everyone's looking at that so as I touched on the start America four times in New Zealand it's required every six months Australia I I believe the same Uh, and it results in being a very busy and normally the most volatile times as well um, for public markets. So if we look here to New Zealand, it's been quite a season already. There's been a fair bit of drama according to the commentators and I would have to agree. We've had a few downgrades that have kind of caught the market somewhat unawares, you could say. Fletcher Building would be one. also this week we've had Ryman Healthcare with some earnings downgrades which um, the market didn't like so much and there have been a number of others in New Zealand as a, as a favourite of Sharesies shareholders too. Um, yeah, what, what would you say? How are you finding it? Yeah, well, uh, it's a little bit a sign of the times I suppose. Like it, uh, businesses are representations and as a result these earnings do tend to represent the economy that we're in at a given time. So if you look at it like that, maybe... Maybe it shouldn't be such a surprise, and perhaps the surprise is more uh, that we've watched US markets in particular continue to track up, predominantly driven by that Magnificent Seven, um, but still seeing that increase, and, uh, and the New Zealand market did get a bit of a follow-on happening there, uh, and I think what's happened is for some of these companies, the results have ultimately underwhelmed, but in all three of the examples you've given, you know, I would say there's been some highlighted issues over the last several months to years actually um, which which means the surprise could have been less but ultimately uh, people felt like they were given more information that was uh, further to the downside than what they've been given previously and as a result hadn't been baked into prices. That's important too to think about not just what an individual company is doing the results might also have an effect on the rest of the sector or comparable companies what do you think about that? 
Yeah, well, that flow through markets always looking for comparisons so you can take the information you have, but you also try to um, price out to the future. So the price that you see on a share at any given time is what people believe it's going to be worth into the future more so than what it's worth to you today. So uh, anything that you see or that happens to a company that's in the same industry and uh, may be a precursor to what you're going to expect from another company which may not be reporting at the moment or uh, might not be for a couple of weeks it does have that flow on impact and as we know markets are driven by sentiment as well and if sentiment starts to get down then that can that can flow through for, through through all the all the companies listed on the exchange so Leighton, just thinking about some of the downgrades that we've mentioned Continuous disclosure is obviously what markets and investors need to understand. Let's let's unpack that a bit for how that actually works. Given that we have had you know several warnings or downgrades um, this week before the actual results come out. Yeah, there's a few aspects to that. I mean, if the company gets material information that the earnings are not going to be what they've presented in previous communications, or or as the market expects, it's their duty to let um, the market know. Uh, where they are now thinking with regards to that. So it, it could be as simple as, look, we previously said we were looking at a um, half-year profit of $60 million or a full, full year of $60 million. Um, we think that's now more likely to be $50 million, And as a result, the market will normally respond uh, with, with regards to the share price and the value they're putting on that for the year. As you say, a number of those downgrades were actually warnings to the market prior to some of them even reporting that is. But there's also been some quite good news too. I know A2 Milk, for example, they talked about their, their social media play in China and things looking up there. There's, there's been other ones too, hasn't there? Yeah, uh, Turner's as well presented a good one. There, there has been um, some, some good examples of companies doing well. A2 is one probably a few of us quite happy to see, I think, <laughs> certainly my portfolio. Um, yeah. But but in general, I think if, if you sit back uh, and take where we were thinking maybe six to 12 months ago, the market's held up pretty well. And there, like you say, there's been some high profile ones that have had some large problems, including some big write downs. But they're, they're very big companies with quite strong balance sheets at the moment. So I expect over time it'll play out okay. Speaking of companies listed on the ASX 200, like A2 Milk, um, Aussie seems to be having a bit more of a steadier run than we are. They've had some banks reporting, BHP, which is the big mining giant, and Ampol um, had a bumper profit. What are you seeing there? Well, you're sort of talking to those big blue chip businesses that thrive in um, more complex environments and ones that, I mean, you need banking. You need energy <laughs> and you need things to build stuff with, right? So uh, a certain amount of, we would have said these were conservative stocks and um, these have held up better than some of the uh, the stocks would have leaned towards more um, to growth, like your technology sectors and stuff over the period of time. So uh, again, in that big end of town, not that unexpected, but I, I think in the smaller end of time, uh, town and in the more consumables type and retail mm. in Australia, uh, still seen... Uh, some impact from this market and I expect KMD uh, would be one yeah KMD exactly and I I, I think we're going to see more of that flow through in the next couple of weeks with uh, a couple of big companies still to report I think too just thinking about the share price I know KMD reported this week and at one stage their price was down 20% I suppose it does show earnings season comes with a fair bit of volatility for Mm. share prices yeah, if, if people are optimistic that things might hold up a bit better or uh, the messages on the earnings forecast and stuff from the companies hasn't 
being transparent or it's been a surprise once you actually wrap all that up and see where the impacts are across the business uh then it can adjust quickly and it's the it is the first time for everyone to get on the same page and uh you know i think you could see in the kmd example today clearly there were people sitting with their finger on the trigger if you like or on the keyboard mm-hmm. uh because the reaction was very fast and um i, I think it has come a back, back a bit since but you can see there's a lot of people watching and volume does move quickly on that on that new news and people have to assess that news really quick and that's complex so um th- often there's there's a, a bit of bumping around before it settles where where people actually think it should land just on that then would you sort of recommend that people not just take the headline news and i mean often as a financial journalist i know stories that you put out initially may change somewhat because then you have more time to delve into the detail and look under the numbers and all that sort of thing. So maybe the analysis that comes out a few days later could help too rather than just acting on what you see on the day. Yeah, I think news is seldom a good uh, <laughs> yeah. good thing to go away and make a quick decision on unless what you're doing is trying to trade. And um, trading and investing don't, you know, are not always or often the same thing. And, and what we know about people at Sharesies is we've got a long lot more longer term lens and um, in some examples these are big companies now going at cheaper prices and ultimately that's important for a longer term return on a portfolio yeah. so there's always two ways to look at these things but um, there's, there's no doubt that some of that news can be uh, very helpful but uh, you know if you're making an ass- assessment or a, uh, an action off that straight away you're, I think you're definitely more in the and the react, not respond way of thinking. And I, and I think a bit of time can be helpful for that. Yeah, absolutely. Now, if we look at the US market, that does tend to be dominated. It has been for a little while now by that Magnificent Seven, those big mega tech stocks like Amazon, like Apple, like NVIDIA. In fact, NVIDIA um, report Wednesday night, so pretty soon. Yeah. And also, um, we're talking about them on the program, or you are actually, next week, which is exciting. But how would you describe it? Is that the main thing that's really happening for that market, would you say? Yeah, I mean, I think the summary of the reporting season in the US was would probably being best articulated as subdued early on so mm. not too much uh to be cheering about uh i think and but as you say those seven companies are carrying indexes as big as the s p 500 right mm. through uh and some of them have reported very well the likes of microsoft's reporting and, and mm. um thing. and I, I actually think in general i saw a stat that about 70 percent of um of the response now has been positive out of the report, uh, the reporting and earnings season in the US. So, uh, st- still optimism there. Um, inflation pressure remains mm, there, so that yeah. actually printed higher than what they expected uh, more recently. So, less chat about rates going down. It'll be interesting to see that how that plays out. And I think Nvidia, which has become very popular very quickly and and returned um, a big number. Uh, probably um, the headline in Are we in an AI bubble at the moment? <laughs> yeah. uh, we'll find out what comes out of that and I think you know I'll be as interested as anyone to see how the market responds. Okay let's jump into some metrics now what would you say for a retail investor would be the the numbers to focus on I mean there's a a plethora of things that are actually released on the day but there's got to be some surely that you kind of kind of want to crunch and actually understand. Yeah uh, so earning season is not just about the numbers makes up a massive part of it but I would say an equally important important part of it is um, is the story around that and, yeah. and even more so the consistency of that story and how much they're delivering on that story um, and that can depend on a, on a company's life stage so a bank you would a large bank that's been here for a long time 
you would expect to make, be making quite consistent revenues and, well, more importantly, margins. That's what they're very good at. Uh, and any shocks to that would be a might change your investment strategy around those businesses. If it's a growth company, then mm. the highlight number for zero, for example, for a long time was the customer number. Yeah. Uh, and um, you certainly wouldn't want to be looking at the the, <laughs> the, the profit numbers, right, for, no. for a long time. Those are just starting to come through. So uh, it, it's really about how that story's been managed and how, how, uh, how much you're providing value and insight into the future of this business. So... Um, what I would say to retail investors is that consistency is really important. So regardless of which type of profit number or something you deem to be important, and you can read a lot about what normally what uh, the CEO and the board chair are highlighting are the story they're trying to get you to value the company for into the future. And you have to be able to believe that story and then check that the numbers are tracking in the direction in line what they're saying. And that's certainly what the analysts, look, uh, analysts are looking for. So when those things diverge where you say, hey, look, we're... We're going to lose $500,000 in the next 12 months, but uh, we are going to onboard 5,000 customers that will be very valuable into the future. And then 12 months into the future comes and the reporting season says, hey, over the last 12 months, we've spent a million dollars. We've onboarded 2,500 customers. You start to see the problem, right? So, uh, and, and that's where things where people can get excited when those when those numbers start to outperform what the, what the expectations of the market are. Um, based on what they've been told from from the team who are building towards it. Yeah, because expectations is often what drives the share price and the markets, isn't it? And I think that's what we've got to remember. And you might have what the company says. You might, as an investor, have your benchmarks. But actually, at the end of the day, as you say, the expectations of analysts, the sentiment, that can make a big difference, can't it? Yeah. Completely. And, and you've got to look through a lot of noise on that. Mm. So analysts often, often have different views. Yes. Um, and... Uh, sometimes can be more volatile than just, you know, do I believe in this to be a good long-term investment? And uh, also, you know, things like balance sheet movement and mm. uh, often companies, it's, it's pretty well known, but when, if they're going to be releasing bad news anyway, why not do it properly? So they do look to, to you know, do their write-downs and things in one go and, yeah. and to ensure that in a year's time they're going to be telling a better story ideally, which, um, which is part of the hard news story that's played out for Fletcher's, I guess, is unfortunately yeah. they're just having to consistently deliver um, despite, you know, an actually underlying strong business, I think, over time. But that's not to say there's not um, short-term problems here that they have to deal with, but lots of examples like that. So it's really just looking through that noise and and um, and assessing your belief in that longer term. So that's quite a few red flags we've sort of highlighted there. What about when it comes to trying to filter that noise and understand what you need to know? I mean, not everyone has the time to listen to an earnings call, for example, or read all of the information. What would you suggest if you've got quite a diversified portfolio and some direct shares, some ETFs? Yeah. Yeah, well, um, earning seasons mean that shares is busy with the transaction because people do follow this and it's in the news more and uh, and interesting, but by and large, still the majority of people do the auto invest, and um, you know, for some of them, they capitalise on a slightly reduced price, or maybe they get a slightly boom to their portfolio because um, some good news, or whichever way that plays out. I think over the long term, um, uh, people can be reasonably indifferent to that, um, particularly when invested in funds and things like that. It, it, it has much less of an impact if you don't have that amount of time to be mm. looking into it you don't need to put that pressure on yourself the people who do are passionate about it and i don't think it's hard work for them 
unless it's their job, right? But actually, if you're an investor and you're investing regularly and you've chosen some companies and you like them, and um, regardless of what happens happens in earnings, as long as the story yeah. and the news that is coming out is still a belief in, in where they're heading, then your dollar cost averaging or you know yeah. that as part of the ETF you're in or fund you're in um, can remain very true. And I, I don't think you have to overcomplicate it more than that. That's um, even even the professionals uh, use dollar cost averaging as a strategy. <laughs> it's a and it's those investing fundamentals because it's for the long term if that's what you're interested in, isn't it? You know, it's your that, budget, your risk profile, and maybe being diversified. I mean, so that you're not hit if that's you right. all your eggs in Tesla, for example. And if you're trying to time the market, then then you should hope that you've got time to do these assessments <laughs> and uh, and be making it or or, uh, or reconsider the investment strategy. Anything that's coming up before the season ends that excites you later? No, I look just because of the traction over the last. I, I am really interested in the Nvidia and how that plays out, but probably more interesting for me at the moment is the macro environment broadly. Like I believe in markets long term. The reality is, it's been three years now since the, since the NZDX last hit a high. So it's, it mm. feels like not that long ago in some re, some ways. But like if you'd asked me without looking at the data, I would have said, "All right, that was." You know, a year we're into it, into this downturn, but actually, it's playing out a little, a little bit longer than longer, that. Longer, yeah. So I am hopeful that we're we're on our way out of that, but I still am nervy about inflation numbers, and um, and I think that is probably the most interesting th- thing to me still, uh, with regards to where markets head, as compared to how any individual company will fare. Or the excitement about AI. Yes, and like AI, I'm a big believer in it. Like I, we've seen the benefits it shares. Is right yes, already. Yep. We're using it. It's the first technology I can remember, certainly in my working career, that has an immediate impact and mm. valuable impact on businesses. So uh, the question is, is it worth as much as what we're pricing into the market for these companies at the moment? And that's that's the part that the future will tell. Well, maybe people should tune into the NVIDIA interview next week and and we'll hopefully have some answers to those questions. So great to talk, Leighton. And thanks to everyone for tuning in today for this quick explainer on the earnings season. We'll be releasing podcast conversations a little differently over the next couple of weeks to coincide with the company reporting. So stay tuned. Mā te wā. 